Welcome to The Link. We'll go behind the scenes with local businesses and community leaders, learning their mindset and motivations that make them successful. We'll link you with those making an impact in central Minnesota. Welcome to The Link. I'm Brandon Johnson with Lloyd Johnson Real Estate, and we like to uh, meet with local leaders, nonprofits, business people making a difference in Central Minnesota. And tonight, I am excited to be joined by Cindy and John Foles with Tanner's team. Guys, thanks for taking the time to come out and see yeah. us. Thank thanks you. Thanks for having us. You know, you got a lot going on, so I really appreciate it. Um, you guys are everywhere. I see your logos, <laughs> your events. You're doing, you know, 5Ks, meat raffles at the breweries all over town. I want to get into that, but let's maybe just give a brief introduction to a little bit about, you know, where you grew up, where you came from, a little bit about yourself, just that we don't typically know associated with Tanner's team. Um, my name is Cindy. I grew up in Little Falls, Minnesota, and um, I had a great upbringing, and then when I went to Mankato State um, to college there. Any siblings or? Yep, I have my sister Kim, who is an older sister, okay. three years older, um, my best friend. Yeah. And um, so yeah, we um, graduated from Mankato State. Came, Both of you went to Mankato State? Actually, she was living there when I moved there. Okay. So it was kind of nice to have your big sister sure. there, of course. And so I graduated and worked part-time at Herberger's there, and then transferred here to Herberger's and ended up working as a sales manager, and then moved up to the corporate office. And when I was working there, that is when I had the honor of meeting Mr. John Foles. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually met on a blind date. Really? Yes. And so back in the day, they didn't have internet no stuff. Match or so it no, it was be... opening lines, like in the St. Cloud Times. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. There's a paper ad, you know, yeah. and you would read the ad. And then we still say to this day, we don't know who was more desperate. I always say Cindy was because <laughs> she's the one who placed it, or... but I'm the one that responded to it. So we don't really know. What did the ad say? Can you share that or no? Can you remember? Just I think like, it was like single white female. I don't know. Spontaneity. See, people under 30 are going to listen to this and be like, people really did that? But yeah, I remember well, that you, you remember yeah, that, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The same yeah. Time. And it was like you had to call into an 800 number, you know, or no, not. No, 1-900 number. Yeah. And then you had to pay. It was, I had to pay. So I'm sure there was some security or privacy. Yeah. Because that's the reason. So he left that. a message, left his number, and I could reply if I wanted, and I did. And oh, we talked on the phone for an hour and a half effort, and I thought, Oh, I can talk to him. We could probably have dinner or something. <laughs> and so, did you talk for a while before you met, or what? How did? You, what was your first date, yeah. so to speak? We went. <laughs> we met at Angus McGee's back, back which is Grizzlies now. Okay. Grizzlies now, yeah. And what time I, for a rough ballpark? 1992. 92. Okay. 94. Right in there. 94. Yep. And he said, "I'll be wearing." Denim jeans or jeans and a leather no jacket. So that you're just going by the description of what he's wearing. Yeah. <laughs> so a guy walks in and I went, is that him? Because if it w if he would have come up and said, are you Cindy? I would have said, no, I'm not. And I would have <laughs> walked out the door, but it wasn't John. So, so yeah, we had a ni nice dinner, lots of good conversation. And 
Two, was it two and a half years later you proposed in that wow. same booth to me? You proposed to me, so yeah. yeah. Very cool. What a fun story. <laughs> yeah, and the rest is his. No. <laughs> 20 some odd years later, here we are together. Yet, so. Cool. Yeah. Um, and so you've lived in St. Cloud ever since? Yep. Yeah, since 1996, yep. actually, we live in Sock Rapids. Yep. So we um, we built a house um, before, right before we got married. So I actually moved in in March. Um, and uh, we've been in the same house ever since, since 19. We built the house together. And, you know, we learned a lot of things now since 1996 that we would change in our home, you know. But being first time homeowners, you know, you're just excited and, you know, you know, lots of different things in there. And, and so, yeah, we're excited to be, we live in Sauk Rapids and so it's great. So you get married, is there the discussion of what's the planning? We're gonna have kids or how does that kind of, how many years you have? It would have been three years after we were married. Yeah. Cause Tanner was born in March of 1999. Okay. And then, um, then we had another child after that. We had Maddie who was born in 2002. Yeah, three so. years later. You so. said earlier as a senior, yeah, this she's a senior in high school this year. This year. Yeah, yes. yeah. And Tanner and March here now would have been turning 21 years old. So it's just crazy. It goes fast. It does. It's 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 crazy yeah. to think. I mean, we've been to a couple of weddings this year of some of Tanner's classmates, and it's kind of weird when you sit and you can buy them a beer now. It just, <laughs> just doesn't feel right, yeah. somewhat, you know. Yeah. Cindy's up at the bar doing <laughs> doing shots with the with the girls from his class, and you know, it's like. Of wow, course. you know, times have changed, yep. so, you know, but things yeah. move on. Well, let's maybe dive into, you know, Tanner's team, maybe tell a little bit, because I think most people are familiar with the logo, um, what you guys are doing, but maybe not the full backstory. Maybe, you know, feel free to just kind of share that journey or what got you here to this well, it wasn't a journey that we would really wish on anybody, right. but um, it was the summer of, of 2010, July of 2010, and we were at our lake cabin um, up by Grand Rapids, Minnesota, and, and we had a group of people up there, and Tanner was having fun. And, He's and 10 years old, 11? 11 years 11 old. 11 years old. 11 years old at the time, and, you know, we had seen bruises on his arms and legs throughout the summer, but really didn't think anything of it because, you know, he played hockey, yeah. big hockey player, and, and he played baseball in the summer. And, and you know, there were things that, you know, we look back at now and we're like, well, there was probably a reason that, you know, couldn't skate a full shift on the, on the hockey rink in his summer hockey team. Um, but anyway, he hit his arm on a, on a counter at the cabin, and within 15, 20 minutes maybe, he uh, developed a, a huge bruise on his a arm. Big bruise, right on big. his arm. And came it was, down to the, we were all down by the lake, and he came down, and he's like, I, "I hit my arm," and we're like, "Oh my gosh," you know. And then this huge it's bruise. It's not proportional to yeah. what he did, right? Exactly. I mean, he lit, it was on the table. The he bumped the yeah. corner of the table, and yeah. yeah, it was huge and black and blue immediately. So. Wow. And so right away you're worried about it, but you don't really know what's going on. Right. And so we got back home after the weekend and then Monday, Cindy took him into the doctor uh, here in St. Cloud and, and they ran some tests and, and um, then they sent some tests over to the hospital and then they came back and said that Tanner had some blast cells in his, in his blood and that we needed to get ourselves down to Children's Hospital as soon as possible. So they made arrangements for us to be down there. It was that, within a couple of days, wasn't it? Was it was that or next day we were there. We were right away yep, we that were. next day. 
And so we went down to Children's Hospital mm-hmm. and, um, and Children's thought it was going to be one or two types of leukemia that Tanner had, just based off of the bruising and, 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 the, and what they saw so in the preliminary results. you're getting that news, which is, you know, within days, your life's turned upside down. Exactly, exactly. Well, how is he processing? I mean, because I'm assuming it's devastating for everyone, but you a young kid to have to process that. What's his, is he, does he understand? No, you know you what, could, You can was... talk probably more to that because you guys spent a lot more time, I mean, not a lot more time, but you guys had some good conversations, so. You know, he, kids are so resilient. Yeah. It was, he was amazing. Um, and I don't know if he understood at that, at this time already what was going on because we didn't really even understand it. We're like, okay, we'll take direction from the doctors and the medical staff right. and, so, you know, he was just positive, never complained about any of those tests or the poking of the blood, you know, the blood draws or sure. anything. So he was just such a positive um, child through this whole process. Yeah, it was it was really amazing how, I mean, it, it little things that phased him along the way. But, you know, we were there that first day and children's came back to us and said, we don't. We don't know what it is, you know. So they give you, it's possibly one of two types. That was their first. It was. And then what they did is that next morning, then they scheduled a bone marrow biopsy. And and that was to investigate what was going on in his bone marrow. And they figured they would figure out which type of leukemia it was at that time. And the doctor came in that afternoon and came into our room. And we're expecting that they're going to start some kind of treatment right away for Tanner. And, you know, it is what it is. And we need to come up with a plan yeah. and um, let me, so the doctor comes in, this is kind of funny. I mean, not funny, but he comes in and just, you know, they're, they're just normal. You always think medical physicians, you kind of go, Oh my goodness. Right. But he sat down. It's Chris Kraft, Chris Cross applesauce sat down yep. on the floor in our hospital room. And he said, I've got good news and I've got bad news. And we're like, okay. okay. I mean, but for him just to sit on the floor while yeah. we're in the bed or whatever we were doing, and um, he just said it's not leukemia, and we're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. But it was going to be three things, and the next three weeks we're going to determine. So it was going to be a post-viral infection, something that it could be get over real yep. easy. We or... all get infections, but our bodies fight them off. Or it's a, a pre—it's pre-leukemia. Or it's going to be, um, it's called MDS, which is myelodysplastic syndrome. And he said, do not go home and Google that. Wow. Mr. John <laughs> yeah, what do you goes think? home. How do you that? Uh, yeah, how do you not it? do so, that? You know, it's your child. So, so right, you know. we were going to go in the next, we were sent home that day. Yeah. Kind of feeling really good and positive. And so the, is he still feeling, okay? I mean, he's bruising, but is he still relatively, or is he getting... Starting. No, he was he was feeling like you wouldn't know that there was something. You wouldn't really look wrong. at him and know, but you know he didn't have a, as much but energy. energy. Now yeah. that we're yeah. you know we're pay, paying closer attention to things, and he wasn't able to do anything active like go water skiing at the cabin. He had to stay pretty. Because confined. if he would have hit his head or would he could have bled to death because his yep. platelets were not yeah. performing the way that they should be. Yeah. So so they. Discharge you or send you home yep. from yep. there. And then what kind of... So th- we were going to go out three weeks and every... Th- a couple times a week we had to go in for blood draws and they were going to keep yep. testing and t- 
really to see where his platelet levels were. And unfortunately, they were just not going up at all. So um, they were a little disappointed that all of a sudden I got a phone call from work at my work. And it was Dr. Richards and he said, can you talk? So I went in the back room and he just said, yeah. you know, we've gotten some testing back from the U of M and unfortunately Tanner does have myelodysplastic syndrome, which means he'll have to have a bone marrow transplant. And had you kind of done the, or did you know? I didn't know the part about the bone marrow transplant, no. you know, or what they would have to do to, to fix it or make it right. Um, but you know, it, we knew that it was it was a form of pre-leukemia is what it is and so it could lead to full-blown leukemia if they didn't treat it of some some kind um, and it still could even after treating it it could have led to another form of, of leukemia and so we just kind of took their advice and uh you know we live in the state of minnesota here where we had a choice um you know of where we wanted to go for treatment um, children's hospital is great. Paul. Yep, yep. Yep. Minneapolis, Sarah. Yep, yep. And they're they're great um, for treating cancer patients, but they don't do bone marrow transplants there. Okay. So we either had a choice to go to the University of Minnesota or we could travel to Rochester to Mayo. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So how about that? You have two wonderful choices within Minnesota. For sure. I mean, sure. it makes a very tough decision for us, yep. you know, which is, you know, better. We have relatives that work in Rochester, so they were able to get us in with the pediatric people down there and we met with them and we met with the got people a, got a second opinion and and it still came back that it was myelodysplastic syndrome so at that point we needed to come up with a plan to try to tackle it so yeah. what's the prognosis so they've diagnosed it do they tell you these are the likely outcomes or 80 percent chance 80 percent i always remember 80 it. i was going to say 80 stuck in my head but for some 80 percent will make it through it and you know, I still remember sitting in the room with the doctors who are Dr. Heather, who is his primary doctor, is on our board of directors and sure. just a very dear friend to us now. But I just remember sitting around and, you know, they, Tanner loved them. They were so good to him. And, you know, kind of going through that, okay, now this can happen. We kind of just skimmed over it all because we're like, he's strong. He'll be fine. Yeah. You know, where... Yeah. But there were some serious things. I mean, so we did decide to, to doctor at the university hospital. Okay. But when we went that route, what Children's had recommended is that Tanner went through a round of chemotherapy first at Children's to get his body into remission or less than half a percent of his blast cells would be cancerous before he went to treatment. Sure. Where Rochester would have done it just the opposite. They would have gone right to bone marrow treatment without the first round of chemotherapy. So Tanner checked back and he was able to go to his first week of middle school because okay. that was a big thing because he was just going into sixth grade that year and he yeah. wanted to go to middle school so, so bad. How much time has passed from that bruise at the cabin to now going so through July this? July 21st was what that when that happened. And August 2nd, wasn't it? Or August August 2nd, we went to Mayo. And then we had been down at Children's having a round of chemo at this time. School starts September third or fourth. Sure, sure. And then so he, he started his chemo. And then that he went that first week, and then that next week is when he started his he bone marrow. Um, did, how did that go? Was that probably pretty intense? Or it was. It was. It was we we 
we look back at pictures of it now. I mean, going through it, you yeah. don't really realize how intense it was. But you look back at pictures of Tanner, and and he he in some of those pictures he looked kind of rough. You know? He was sick, but when you, I, I was with him all the time because, you know, I stayed at the hospital and, um, yeah, I mean, that chemotherapy that he had to go through to really, you know, bring his immune system down and then the radiation is really what, and he had total body radiation, so oh. it wasn't just on one little spot, so... The radiation is really what got him. And that him. was with the bone marrow transplant portion of it. He actually, the chemotherapy, the children's is when he actually first lost his hair and, yeah. and, and all that happened to him there. Um, and then he was able to check out of Children's Hospital for about a month. So was if, he able to go to school at all? Just that he, first week we let him go. Sure. Yeah, but just, then afterwards he wasn't able to go back to school. But they honored him one night at a home football game. Um, while he was going through treatment so they um and he wanted to go so bad to the game and they were doing it in his honor and 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 i remember it because um the class the couple of the captains of the team i work with one of them now and one of them is a good friend of ours yet and and tanner couldn't walk the field that night and i remember they picked him up and they carried him out to the center of, of the football field and included him in everything out there that night and uh that after, had to be a neat feeling to see friends and peers embrace or like oh my gosh the community, the community was, yeah. was was amazing our, our community in Sock rapids uh, when we were going through that and, and, and just our friends nope, 2010 2010 yep. yep yep and so i mean they organized a benefit for us that was yep. held it was a hog roast that they did down at uh, the park in Sock rapids and and uh, the kids in tanner's class the boys the sixth grade boys because tanner had no hair at the time yeah. and and uh, we picked him up that day at the hospital and brought him home just long enough to be at the park that day and then had to go back to the hospital right away. They didn't shave their heads they for him. Just shaving and, their heads. And... Yeah, it was pretty a pretty amazing little thing for, for Tanner. And then, you know, then he went back, finished up that round of, of chemotherapy, and then he was able to come home for about a month. When did you come home? In October was like... October 6th, we came home. Yep. And then they gave him like three weeks off before he had to check back into the okay. university hospital to start his bone marrow transplant. And so how, how long did that bone marrow transplant or what's the process? So we checked in, so this October 29th of that year, we checked in. He had 10 days of prep. So November 8th was his actual transplant day. And um, we got through all of that and everything and developed an infection so his body has no immune system to fight that and that's out. the big worry right? it is it is, is because basically worry. your immune system is like a newborn baby at that time yeah. so but uh, he got to do a lot of amazing things before he checked back into that hospital um, he was able to when he first checked well the night before he checked into the hospital they had hockey fights cancer night with the minnesota wild and you we know, had gone a huge hockey. He was a hockey nut and yeah. loved it. So we had been to a couple hockey games because we were able to meet Matt Cullen and Matt Cullen's wife and and wow. and met some of the other players wives at a game that we were at and they took Tanner downstairs and introduced him to the players. And then they always have the little boy that skates the flag out to center yeah. ice, yeah. you know, before every home hockey yeah. game and and we, I remember that night, if you were in the car, it was just Tanner and I, but we were driving back to the Ronald McDonald house after a wild game. He said, Dad, how do you think you get to be that little boy that skates that flag yeah. out? I said, 
I have no idea. <laughs> I, I don't, I have no idea. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, we kind of left it at that because I'm like, well, you know, I don't know how you do that or where you would even start. Well, about a couple days later, maybe three, four days later, uh, Tanner was part of an organization that is a wonderful organization in, in Minneapolis. It's called Hope Kids. And, and Hope Kids is set up to, to give opportunities to kids that have sicknesses. Sure. You know, they'll sure. get tickets for different events and a child can take those tickets or a family can go to sure. these different events. Well, the Wild had contacted them and asked if they knew of anybody that would sure. be able to skate that flag sure. out to center ice on Hockey Fights Cancer Night. And so, boom, Tanner's opportunity to That's skate. Amazing. Yeah. We call it his moment of a lifetime. Yeah. That was it right there. It was. I mean, the last time he ever touched uh, ice and laced up his skates, he skated out and stood at center ice with the Minnesota Wild. Oh, yeah. High five and everybody. And, and not only that, but, the, you know, <laughs> you look back on it, they were playing the Washington Capitals that night. And one of his biggest fans, uh, he's a big fan of, was Ovechkin sure. at the time as well. Sure. And Ovechkin was on the ice and came by and gave wow. him some knuckles. And so... You know, he had all these things to take with him when he went to the hospital, which was awesome. I mean, we couldn't have done that without Hope Kids and without Minnesota Wild. And so they made a little boy's dream come true, you know. And uh, we still have the video to this day and we sit back and we watch it and we can watch him, you know, get fired <laughs> up and then skate out there. And he just does a, poop, a super power stop when he gets to the center ice and ice goes flying. <laughs> you know, well, he it was, was so worried he was going to fall and we're like... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so he was able to do that and took his video along. And the day he checked into the hospital, he's playing the video for Pretty all the proud. nurses. Yeah, Pretty you, proud. yep, he's got his hockey sticks that were signed by Miko Koivu, and yeah. you know, um, all the guys on the team had signed sticks. And so he's all these hockey sticks in his room. And, and then we check in that day, and then they have you check in, and then you're sitting around that day, and you really don't have much to do until that evening when they first start the chemotherapy like Cindy was and the, and the radiation follows after that. But the child life specialist came into the room that afternoon and she said to us, she's like, well, we have a special guest here in the hospital today. Would you like to come and meet this special guest? Wow. And, you know, Tanner and I are like, well, I suppose, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. what the heck? We don't know who it is or what it, who it's going to be. And so they take us up a floor or wherever it was into, into this room, well, up by a room. And in the inside of this room, who's standing in there but Mr. Brett Favre. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So the day after skating the, the center ice, the very next day, another <laughs> idol of his, because he's got a football, it's yeah, October. Yeah. Him and I were playing catch with a football and having a good time, you know, and we go upstairs and Tanner gets to meet Brett Favre and uh, get his autograph. Tanner gives him one of his Tanner team, uh, you know, bracelets that he has on and says, this is, I'm fighting cancer. And, and, uh, and so we thought, well, that's just awesome, you know. But then we were staying at the Ronald McDonald house and the story gets a little bit better. It gets a little winded here, but I'll, no, you're good. <laughs> all right. But anyway, it gets the best part of it is we're, we, we went over to the Ronald McDonald house to have supper that evening. They let Tanner leave the hospital before his treatment. Before so they said we could, chemo. you know, we had to pass to go and just yep. one last time. Cause for the next hundred days after that, Tanner wasn't going to be out of the hospital. So let's go out. We'll play catch with the football for a little bit. We'll go over, have dinner at Ronald McDonald House, and we'll come back. Yep. And at 7 o'clock, you'll start your, your treatment. So we're over at Ronald McDonald. We're sitting up in our room. And, and um, so they have 
an announcement comes over and says, well, we have a special guest that came to the house. You know, if you'd like to come down to the courtyard, which is a big area out in the back of the room, uh, the Ronald McDonald house, you'll, you can meet the guest. Well, the guest was the same person. It was, it was Brett Favre. Yeah. Okay. But like I said, Tanner and I had been playing catch with the football. And yeah. so he came down from the room for whatever reason, he had his football with him. And so we're, just standing down there in the courtyard and, and people are kind of making small talk with Brett Favre. And then he sees Tanner standing there with his football sure. and he, and he points to him and he says, tell that boy to come over here. And so we're like, oh, wow, what's he going to do? Is he going <laughs> to sign, sign the football or what's he going to do? You know? And so he goes over and, and, and we have pictures of all this too, of Tanner standing there and having some small talk with, with Brett Favre about playing football. And, and then Brett asks him, well, can you catch a pass? And Tanner's like, yeah, I sure can. And so what he does is he, he takes Tanner's football and he sends Tanner across, probably a good 30 yards across the yeah. backyard yeah. there, throws the ball, Tanner catches it in stride. <laughs> cool. So how about that? I mean, yeah. those are two cool things. I mean, yeah. that Tanner went out on a high, yeah. you know? And the, so. The impact, you know, the athletes that go and visit these kids. I mean, when you're, 10, 11, 12 year old kids, oh. you idolize these athletes. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's just, it takes you away from reality to be able to put you in a position to have a, mem a memory, like you said, going, going to something that's not going to be bearable to be able to experience the joy of skating the center of this, and meeting Brent Favre. What these athletes do for these kids, I'm sure you, a great testament to what it means to your family not just oh it does it, it means yeah. everything and, and and you know sometimes you wonder if the guys really truly understand that or not and 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 they really do make a difference and and then you know then the worst part of the journey started you know yeah. started so you're going in to walk me through or that process or how that kind of so they do it's they call it um negative 10 the first day is negative 10 and they go all the way to negative nine and then day zero is when you actually have the transplant yeah. um so you go through chemo pretty intense chemo and then five really tough days of radiation and they get you prepped so you're wiped out of that immune system and then the actual bone marrow transplant is pretty uneventful. It's, uh, you know, an IV bag that smells like um, cream corn. creamed corn. Really? They warned yeah. us. They said, you know, just so you know, the room's going to smell like creamed corn. And so um, we had the transplant and it was on a Monday and um, Tanner was pretty down and out, just not feeling well. And that um, Friday he, he developed, you know, the... Um, what am I trying to think? Infection. But the, he had a fever, which they could not get down. They tried putting ice underneath. I mean, they just tried everything to get that um, fever down. And unfortunately, it brought us that um, weekend, that Saturday, the week you know, of his transplant to um, the PICU unit, um, which was pretty devastating. And then within an hour, they just said, we're going to intubate him just not we don't want it to become an emergency situation and have to yeah. intubate him so so then he was put and, on a respirator at that point already and that's how he was until i mean he was in ic or pick you now for the next three weeks yeah. um 
kind of ups and downs. Um, lots, of, a, lots of ups and downs, lots of scary moments. Had a few cold blues on him. and Lots of times that doctors didn't think that Tanner was going to come through. You know, they would tell that to Cindy after the weekend because I would spend the weekends with Tanner. Yeah. Cindy would take the, the week shift. You know, you guys still have, I'm assuming, have some semblance of jobs? We both had well, jobs. I, didn't, I ended jobs, up so. not going. I yeah. mean, I had to take a family medical leave. and yeah. So John stayed home with Maddie, and we tried keeping life as normal as we could for Maddie. Right. But, you know, she needed mom time. John needed, you know, Tanner time. Every, we all <laughs> needed each other. So they'd come down a couple times during the week just to us to all see each other and be together. And, um yeah, so it was. I would do weekends with Tanner, and Cindy would take Maddie, and they would go off and stay at the Ronald McDonald House, and then I would stay with Tanner. So, so did he show? Did he get better then after that, or did how did? Well, it was so. My birthday was on Thanksgiving that year, November twenty fifth, and all I asked because they were looking at kidney dialysis to add on top of everything else, because unfortunately Tanner wasn't urinating, and um. So I asked him for urine and for his body to grow those cells. And I woke up that morning and I called the hospital and I said, what's the output? And they said, he is, in my lab, but he said, they said, he is peeing like a racehorse <laughs> and he has 0. 0.2 cells, which is huge. Sure. And I said, that is the best birthday gift ever. So... Um, so yeah, he really was, things were kind of starting to look Trending up. in that right direction. Yeah. And then two days later, we, the two, three of us, John, Maddie and I went out, we felt comfortable where we could leave the hospital mm -hmm. and go out for a dinner just to get Maddie out and stuff mm -hmm. and came back and dropped John, Maddie and I dropped John back at the hospital. He was going to stay there for a while with Tanner and we went back to the Ron McDonald house and Maddie and I got our pajamas on and we were hanging out watching a movie together and I got a call from John saying, I think you guys need to come back here. They, um, there's some, it's not looking good. There was um, a crack in his tube of his ventilator. And so we got back there and they were at this point working on him because his vitals all dropped and um, working on getting all those up and everything. And John was in the room the entire time cheering him on. Just a helpless feeling. And it is, it is. I mean, because you see the doctors, they're just rotating around Tanner when one person gets tired of chest compression. Because he basically went into cardiac arrest is what happened that night. The air, he had such a buildup of air inside of his chest. And when, when the oscillator was designed to keep his lungs inflated and keep them full the whole time or whatever, but when they had to fix the oscillator, it allowed some of that air that was still inside of his chest to, to relocate around his heart and they couldn't pull the air off of his heart. And, and, he, and he basically had cardiac arrest that night. Um, but, you know, it's, it, was, it was something that I would, will, will never forget that night. Um, I know Cindy will never forget it. Maddie will never forget it. How um, old was she at the time? Maddie was eight years old at the time. So, so and she was. Remember. Oh yeah, yeah and she, she was, was right there through the good, bad, and the ugly of that the whole journey. So and yeah. just a, a super trooper, really, is what she was. She was always there and very attentive, and you know, not. I wouldn't even say she ever was really unruly. She was just more, I think she was more worried for her brother than anything. You know, that was her big brother. You know, someone she looked up to, 
you know, and could talk to. Friend. They were best buddies, yeah. yeah. And you had mentioned before we got started here, she's planning on going to nursing school. Yeah. And you kind of attribute that, some of that to her seeing this or living that to her her purpose in life. I absolutely, do. yeah. I would, I would definitely say that because, you know, the child life specialists were so good with Maddie, but then like Cindy talked about, you know, we had we had two main doctors, Dr. Heather and Dr. Christina, and, and, and both of those doctors and the whole medical staff there at, at the hospital were, were amazing people. I mean, they, they are truly there to do their job and to try to make kids better. And, and, and when, when a child doesn't make it, and Cindy can probably tell you this story better than I can, but when a child doesn't make it, I mean, they're right there with you at the same time, you know, and, and, and Maddie's over a garbage can throwing up because she's so sick to her stomach because of what just happened. And we have the doctor just rubbing Maddie's back Holding and telling her, ponytail her back. yeah, yeah just telling her it's going to be okay, you know, and then Cindy walks into the room and, and uh, all the nurses. Oh, just lined up along the wall. I'll never forget it. I still wish I could meet those nurses because, you know, you don't just cry because, you know, it's just, it, for, to them, it's another child that passed away. But boy, they've got big hearts because, I mean, the one nurse was taken out on a wheelchair because I think we're pretty sure it was her first child that she had lost while she was working. But um, yeah, it'd be fun. I mean, it would be interesting to connect with those nurses and just say, look at what we're doing because of that little guy, you know? So how did you get to the point that you guys, obviously there's the grieving process immediately. What made you say, okay, we want to start, we want to carry on Tanner's legacy. How did it get to the point to the Tanner's team to where you're at now? How was that decision made? Was it a difficult decision? Or I don't know if it was such a difficult decision. We we talked about because because when Tanner was in the hospital, we always said Tanner's team. Sure, is what we had. That that, sure. that was our rallying cry was Tanner's team. So yeah. we had shirts made. They had shirts made up, and it was Tanner's team and yeah. Tanner's team. And and I don't know. I think I think right away. I, I if well, I remember right. Oh, you know what? Through the process, I mean, you really find out. You really realize how good people are. I mean, so many people assisted us. There's other organizations that, you know, assist us in different ways if it was financial or whatever. But it was just like something said, it's now our time to pay it forward. Yeah. So I just... And um, that's how we kind of got the, the ball rolling with it. Um, you know, it took us until June of 2011 when we first sat down with an attorney and, and said, hey, we're serious about wanting to do this and and we want to get our 501c3 so we can be a nonprofit organization, you know, please help us get the ball rolling, get that going. And then it was November of 2011 when we actually got the letter about it. And then that's where the birth of Tanner's team kind of started, you yes, know, in, in Sauk Rapids, 2011. Minnesota. Yep. Sure. Was the first, and we started off back then in in 2011. We were we were scared because we didn't know what we were really doing, and so we started with a 60 mile radius of St. Cloud, and we had 18 counties that we served in the 60 mile radius. So if one of those counties, we didn't go near the Twin Cities because there's plenty of help. Not plenty. There's there's more. help, more help. Yep. 
in the Twin Cities area, but there wasn't a lot, and that was something that hit Cindy and I. There wasn't a lot of help in greater Minnesota or even central Minnesota yeah. for that, for families that have, you know, sick kids. And so we decided that we didn't want to just limit it to just cancer only. Right. You know, we thought what we decided we wanted to do with any child with a life-threatening illness. And so that's where we decided to be a little bit different than just cancer only. It was gonna be a life-threatening illness. Hey, thank you so much for listening. It means a lot to us. If you really liked hearing the link, please subscribe below and I look forward to you joining us next time.